My friends, we are here today with my good buddy, Andwelli. Andwelli works for CCAM and went to Virginia State University. We are nestled in the beautiful woods just outside of Petersburg, Virginia. This is the gun show. The first thing I want to ask you is, what advice would you offer either the kids who maybe want to get into the industry, or if you think you could offer also someone who maybe feels like this is monotonous at this point, maybe needs some new inspiration yeah. and, and value to something they've been doing for 40 years. Right. Because I think there, it sits on both sides of the spectrum, right? Where when you do something too much, you know, I remember a friend of mine telling me one time uh, who's been traveling the world and gone 80, 90% of the year from his house. I asked him, cause I was starting to get burnt out. I said, how do you do this every day, all the time for, you know, 40 years, he looks at me and goes, well, first you love it, yeah. then you hate it, <laughs> and then you get used to it. Hey, okay, yeah. <laughs> so as far as the, the generation that's been doing this for so long, I personally feel like maybe if, if we, I know I do personally, show them a bit of gratitude for every step mm -hmm. that they've come through throughout the years from, you know, the tool and die makers to, you know, the manual lays and manual right. drill presses to what, it's, yeah, yeah. to what it is right now and yeah. knowing that process to say thank you for, for allowing us to be where we are today and being a part of it. But but what would you recommend for both the youth and the and the generation that's maybe burnt out a little bit? Well, if I can speak about the generation that might be a little burnt out because you mentioned tool and die maker. So I want to mm -hmm. give a shout out to, like you yes. said, pay homage to someone. Uh, Johnny Caps, who's actually the tool and die maker here at CCAM, who was my, one of my mentors as an intern. He then pushed a lot of information into me um, that I wouldn't have got uh, if, 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 if it wasn't for him, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what me and Johnny have is a good relationship because he gives me some of the old techniques and tricks and you know how to do things the, the easy way. And now I'm always trying to give him what's new out there, right? And so I think, especially with Industry 4.0, there's a lot of new things in manufacturing. Um, you spoke about like the manual lace, the manual knee mills, and all those manual processes. But seeing how we transition from you no know, the, the five-axis CNCs, now we're going to use industrial six-axis robots to do some subtractive manufacturing processes. I think just showing the old generation what's out there, right, and giving them the keys to participate in that in that um, new field, right. And so there would need to be some some additional training done, right. Um, it's a kind of a bone contention, right. We can look at other, other industries in the USA. Um, that are kind of dying out and how we can kind of get them into the more uh, uh, advanced tech, uh, technologies. But I think, like I said, if we show them what's new out there, make sure they always see, okay, uh, we got this new tool, it does this for you. Um, I know it gets kind of boring seeing chips get made, but if you see, I'll give you a story. So I, I, this public information, uh, Sanvi came out with the B-turn turning tools, right? Um, those things are amazing. but CCAM actually got to see those tools before they was leased to market. Um, and so it was, even though Johnny have seen steel being cut plenty of times before whatever material it was, you see that new uh, cutter doing what it does, that back and forth, that's something new and it gives you excited again. So again, showing them, don't, keeping them um, up to date what's new out there, but also trying to plan on how to give them the skills to bring them up to the industry 4.0 level, the peer skills, thing that nature, I think, will close the gap. Then for my young people out there, I would say that if you think you want to be an engineer, you can be an engineer right now. Right at home, you're watching this video, you don't have to go to school. Um, well, take that back. You don't have to uh, get the formal degree, if you will, to be an engineer, right? If you want to 
uh, learn to be a programmer, right? There's Khan Academy, there's YouTube, there's Coursera. There's many courses out there for you to start that journey to get the skills that you want to, to, to be that uh, engineer that you want to be. Um, so for anyone who's out there, uh, if you don't think that a four-year university is, is your path, hey, it might not be your path, right? But we have technical schools, we have vocational schools, right? Um, I think education, outside of the formality of being K-12, uh, uh, a four-year degree program, I think education in itself is viable, right? So like I said, when I got here at CCAM, Johnny Caps gave me a master class on being a machinist, right? Things that I didn't pick up on at school or even in my personal, uh, my, my personal experience. Um, so just make steps toward which you'll be right now, right? Um, even if you change your, your trajectory along the way, you still picked up skills. So let's say, okay, I'm gonna be a car mechanic right now. I'm 14 years old. If I learn how to rebuild an engine right now, but then I say I wanna be a doctor later, you can leverage those skills you learned on how to rebuild that engine as a doctor. Trust me, you can. Um, so my biggest thing is, like I say, if you wanna be an engineer, just start, the, start what you can to, to walk that path right now. I think that's excellent advice. And since we're giving shout outs, I gotta give one too. Okay. <laughs> uh, gentleman by the name of Bill Sullivan. I sure, certainly would not be where I am today without him. Um, right down the street in Richmond is where I grew up. And uh, I worked at a place, my first legitimate, you know, other than being a lifeguard or, you know, Pizza Hut in college, yeah. <laughs> this type of thing. Uh, my first legitimate uh, engineering or programming job, right? And this gentleman, Bill Sullivan, he taught me patiently, thank goodness, <laughs> how to program yes. line by line on some old Omni turns okay. and floppy disks, you know, 1.44 right. floppy disks. So shout out to you, Bill. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm grateful to be to learn everything. And, and you know, spend time with people like you who, and all the people that I've had the great, you know, privilege to speak with, because every day I learn so much. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to get something wrong because that's yeah. how I learn, you know? And I right. think that's important as well, is to be okay with the one to ask the questions, you know, and that kind of thing. If I, if I could add something just on sure, that point yeah. right there. I think that's another key, and it might be more, uh, even more necessary for people who come from a, a more difficult background, right? People who you know, look like me, if, if I could say it in that, in that type of way. Um, to be comfortable in your own skin, right? I, I would say that, especially in grad school, um, it, was, it was a really hard time for me in my first semester because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, right? I came from Virginia State University, went to Virginia Tech, small school, big school, um, the difference in demographics, uh, things of that nature, right? And being away from, from home and things of that nature. I struggled. I can't even describe how much I struggled that first semester, right? Um, I took four classes. I had a 20-hour week uh, research uh, appointment. Plus, I was pledging my fraternity back in Petersburg every weekend. So I would have Monday through Friday grad school, Friday night to Sunday morning fraternity, and then Sunday morning um, to uh, Monday morning homework, right? So I was killing myself. <laughs> but what I really... Um, what I really uh, did to even hinder myself more is the fact that I wasn't comfortable with my own skin at Virginia Tech, so I didn't ask questions. I didn't go to office hours. I was scared to look dumb in front of everyone because I felt like I had to represent everyone back from where I came from in this one little classroom, um, which was dumb, right? Because <laughs> I, I came here to learn. I didn't come here to look smart, right? I came here to learn, so obviously I, I'm telling you I don't know something, so let me be comfortable in my own skin. So I would say all the kids out there, when you're in class, don't be afraid to look dumb, right? If you ask a question, nine times out of ten, the person you're asking, if you genuinely about, if you genuinely, genuinely want to know about their subject, they're gonna take the time to give you that knowledge, right? You talk about your mentor, Bill Sullivan, right? Mm -hmm. Johnny Caps, 
as many, many times where I almost crashed the Hermler, right? Doing some fast access programming. Was babying the, the control, like, Johnny, don't run it with the rapid, you know, wrap it all the way up. Um, but John was patient, you know what I mean? Say, hey, man, make sure you run through Vericut. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. And, right, and over time, I became, you know, a very good programmer. So I think, like I said, be comfortable in your own skin. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Be wrong. Um, because especially in research, 99% of the time, the answer we get is not the answer that we want. Right. <laughs> so we have to be used to failure. So again, be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable in your own skin. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Um, and be passionate. Be, be happy. Be have fun. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a, a carefree guy. Uh, I don't try to take myself too seriously. Uh, I do take my work seriously, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's life. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's great advice. All of that and um, Hermalay is not a bad machine to practice on, is uh, it? I, look, that's another thing about Ccam, right? Uh, I was 24 when I got the Ccam, 24 years old, uh, and then here's this Hermalay, a million dollar piece of equipment, right? A lot of companies wouldn't let a 24 year old get on that <laughs> piece of equipment, but luckily Johnny Caps had the patience. He, he taught me how to use that piece of equipment. So shout out to Ccam for putting those opportunities for for young people like myself to transition from an intern to a full time researcher and get those opportunities that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And also to Hermley, because that yeah. was a, a donation project, if I'm not mistaken, uh, those guys in Wisconsin are, are amazing. You yeah. know, they're friendly, and we all know the machine is, you know, top of the line. Hermes are nice. Yeah, <laughs> Hermes are nice. I could also tell that that struggle in college first semester was real by the way you paused for a moment to think about it and I, have a flashback real quick. <laughs> I can even begin to tell you, I mean, there were all the cliches about sleepless nights in, in school, right? I'm not gonna lie, K through kindergarten through senior college was a cakewalk for me. I'm sorry to say that, right? I didn't study, I didn't write notes. I went to class, I listened to the teacher, I got it all in one go, took the test, got 100, walked out of the class in two minutes, right? I was kind of that guy. Some people didn't like me. It was <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I got to Virginia Tech, it was smacking the mouth because uh, my degree from Virginia State was mechanical engineering technology, right? So it's not even a traditional engineering degree. Now I went to Virginia Tech to get my master's in industrial and system engineering. And at that time, the program was number five in the country. So a, a lot of uh, expectations when I went to Virginia Tech. And on top of that, uh, four classes don't sound like a lot, but four classes plus 20 hours of research per week plus pledging. It was a lot. Sounds um, like a lot. It's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of stress. Um, there was times where I didn't think that I would, would make it, really. Um, it, was, it was like I didn't see the light of the tunnel, if you will. Um, but going through that struggle uh, allowed me to really figure out how to do time management and realize when I'm overloading myself. Because before Virginia Tech, I thought Superman, right? I could do anything. I could take 20 credit hours, be in the band, do that, do this. It'd be straight because I didn't have to stay. I had to do anything like that. But at Virginia Tech, different story. Different story. <laughs> I, had to, I had to slow down. I had to reprioritize things, do time management, um, and really get into the books. Uh, Brad School is a whole nother monster. Um, not to scare anyone out there because I think if you really want to go in this path of going through the traditional route of academia, um, university and things of that nature, uh, grad school is definitely worth it. Um, but it's tough. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's definitely tough. There's, um, there's value in, in something that's tough though, right? Um, I was just ready to say it's tough, but I, looking back, I wouldn't even take back the fact that I was pledging during that time, right? In the moment, if someone, if a kid said, hey, man, you think I should pledge my first year grad school? I would say, definitely not. You're crazy. <laughs> but uh, looking back on it, uh, it gave me the opportunity to challenge myself. And like I said, I learned time management. I, I learned how to recognize when I was overloading myself and also recognize that you need a balance, right? Um, people say go hard when you're young, but you got to live life too. 
right? Going to grad school, I thought I could just be school 24-7, but you got to play basketball a little bit. You got to go watch the movies. got to go chill out with your friends a little bit. You got to have that relaxation or you can burn yourself out. And I burned myself out, but luckily I didn't burn all the way out. I, I came back and, and was able to uh, catch up on my academics and, and really uh, get back to the to where I uh, thought myself to be in terms of, 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 of rigor in terms of academia. But I had to reprioritize my, my time management, things of that nature. But uh, like I said, if a kid asks me now to do what I did, I would say you're crazy, but I wouldn't <laughs> take it back for anything because it definitely uh, gave me skills and allowed me to get where I'm at today. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it's wonderful to hear your story, Andwale. It really is. And, and for sharing it with everyone, I'm sure there's some people that are going to pick up some inspiration also. 